0: Hello and welcome to the Mortgage and Real Estate Podcast by Pinnacle. My name is Chris Giannino, and I am joined today by my brother Pete Giannino. And today we are very excited about our guest, um, a great friend and business colleague. Ladies and gentlemen, you know her as anna kozak i know her as anna morello please welcome vito's cousin anna to the show uh, anna what's happening um Ciao, como si? hey all right uh, excellent excellent we're sitting here at uh, cafe dolce thanks for meeting pete and i here at cafe dolce this morning on the hill uh, you guys probably know cafe dolce as being neighbors with the pinnacle loans um, and uh, Cafe Dolce, it, what a place! This place is awesome. It's a, it's a um, a coffee shop on Daggett, and um, it's run by Italian immigrants, which is which is awesome. Uh, Anna, you know them, I, I believe as well. But uh, I do. Jess and Aggie. Uh, Sant'Angelo Sant'Angelo Yes, mother and daughter duo And they're at uh, 5143 Daggett Avenue If you haven't been here, check it out Awesome pastries, great coffee um, We figured we'd meet here today Where our roots are from We've, Anna, I've known you for uh, Since kindergarten Yeah, since kindergarten Those are so the it's best two years
1: of your guys' life Oh, uh, I know,
0: that was tough <laughs> You ever take that at St. George? Not easy No,
1: I wasn't. I didn't need to Oh yeah, yeah right, that's right. Right to the first grade. Oh yeah.
0: You went to Afton or something. <laughs> uh, Public school. So uh Anna, um welcome to welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank um, you for having me.
0: I'm glad you suggested this
1: place. It's all, it's 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 great. And um yeah, she was almost um as as we got started this morning, we almost had to replace her as a guest because we were approached by a patron of Cafe Dolce, um, who was uh, out of curiosity, he said, in in a tone um, which we recognized as perhaps French accent, but we're not confident. And um, he said, uh, and we explained what we were doing, and. And we said we might have to have you on as a guest, and he said that'd be very dangerous. And we said that's exactly what we're looking for. So, <laughs> Anna, you have a you have big shoes to fill today. I know. <laughs>
2: what was I thinking? Well,
1: it looks like he's here waiting in line still. Um, <laughs> I, his I, number's being should
0: called. Should we invite him over? I think we should. We should just do it. Uh, also, I just I just want to bring to just real quick. I want to mention something. A, a friend and colleague had. Um, had a real challenging time lost a family member this week so i just wanted to uh acknowledge that keep them keep them in your prayers please and um uh you know it's hard when you when you have a family member or a sibling anything happens so i just wanted to acknowledge that um reach out to all your loved ones and, and stay in touch with them so yeah. um, condolences
2: well i'm so sorry
0: yes no i appreciate i just want to acknowledge that but moving on um we will uh we will, we will continue, as we all do in life. So, what what's going on with, uh, we had a pretty pretty fun weekend in, in St. Louis. Did you do Mardi Gras or Super Bowl, or what did you do? Anything, or did you lay low because we're getting old?
2: I showed property, and I wrote contracts.
0: Great answer. What
2: realtors do oh while my. everyone gets to have fun. Oh, my. Exactly, but, you know, you could
0: do that stuff at Mardi Gras, and then, you know, just stay on Service. the phone in the corner the whole time. Service was bad.
1: Yeah. And the follow yeah. up is really essential then, yes. you know, cause the memory is not as, is not as perfect.
0: Right. But if you want to, if you want to generate business, go on vacation, go to Mardi Gras, make Absolutely. plans. The phone will ring. Always. So yeah, you're a Berkshire Hathaway. Um, and, uh, you know, you've, you've had, a you've been successful in any, everything that you've touched. We've Oh we, boy! You have though. I mean, you, you're you're um, a people person, and you know how to get the job done. Um, you're Italian.
2: You, you yeah. are. <laughs> I
0: mean, well, based on that, let's just let's just jump into that. So like. You are you. You, our fam- my family, and your family, and Pete's family as well.
1: Yeah, we, we're we <laughs> Wait, have very you, you similar families. families? Yeah.
0: Uh, we've come, we come from the same place in Sicily. I know. Our I ancestors. didn't realize this. Yes, that's so, awesome. Um, our great grandmother came over from Sicily, Augusta, and your parents did.
2: Yep. Well, my mother. My mother is from the town called Augusta, which is the peninsula. Um, on the east coast of Sicily. And then my father's, the mountain range, um, a town called Malilli, which is part of the, I guess you would call it, county of Serraguza. So, and look at me, I'm talking with my hands, I don't even know how to not do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we wish people could see you right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize it.
0: Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, and and I, like I mentioned on the introduction, I met you through my good friend Vito Passanisi, and you were always Vito's cousin Anna. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and uh, your your mom was
2: Zia. Yep. And uh, that's just how it went. But um, and Zia means aunt. And ah. it's interesting because most Americans will call their aunt like Aunt Kelly, Aunt. You know, Amy, and we just call him Zia. Like they're supposed to know which no. one we're talking to when
1: there's a <laughs> whole room of them. You make it a lot of responses, right? Depending <laughs> where you are. Maybe that's
2: why
0: it's so loud at those events. Right.
1: <laughs> you say Zia, and six people respond.
0: Now, do you know Uncle Frank? Did you know Uncle Frank, or was that on, on, on Alberto's side?
2: That was that was on Cia Sandina's side. Oh. That was uh, Sandina's only sister. Narina's husband. Frank. Oh,
0: he was he was, he was amazing. A, he would pick. Uh, I mean. He always, I mean, it was, well, everybody, most of the people, but he never didn't have a cigarette. That's right. He he was Uncle Buck and Danny DeVito, like, combined.
2: Good memory. He would pick Vito and I up from
0: uh, soccer practice, and it was was a trip, man. Vito and I loved when Uncle Frank came, and I, I know that's, you know, that's a vague statement when you say Uncle Frank in an Italian family much like using the word sia I guess but uh, but the roots go back so i mean you know being from being from sicily especially your parents we're not talking about your your grandparents or parents i mean tell us a little bit about that like how did uh, how did that happen what brought them to the united states and um, i mean when you because when you do that you're you're coming over with nothing, you're starting from scratch. You literally have nothing except a couple bags. Was that the case with them, and how did that go?
2: Okay, well, they both have their own story, right? Because they didn't know each other here. They came separately. Um, my mom is one of seven. My mom, my dad's one of seven. Um, I'll share my dad's story uh, first. He, his dad owned lots of land. His farmer dad always tells stories about building the wall. I mean, it's it's so interesting because kids started working so early then you know I mean that's why they had kids to put them to work And um, that's what I
0: tell my wife constantly <laughs> I, why are you asking me to do it what do we have these kids
1: for exactly <laughs>
2: and um, so my fa- my grandfather was told that he was going to be able to come to America and um, everything was all ready to go so he's selling the land which was his livelihood and then they put the kibosh on it and he had to wait two more years so they were like living off scraps and um, then they got the news on New Year's Day that they were coming two years later, and then they came on the boat on Valentine's is when he arrived. So he just had his, I think it's in my phone, I don't know what anniversary it is, 50-something years. Um, so his family immigrated and came to Connecticut, a small town called Middletown in Connecticut. And ironically my mother has a aunt who had 17 children
1: Ooh-hoo. they got lots of them? To work done yeah <laughs> she was busy
2: yeah um and uh two of those 17 children ended up in Middletown Connecticut and I say that for the connection um so my mother unfortunately her father passed away when she was little 13 years old and her oldest brother was 20 years older than her. He had already been married, starting his life. So was her, her second and third oldest brother. And so Umberto, which is Vito's dad that you know very well, and my Tianella, my Tia and my mom were the last ones underneath the roof. They had a little cigarette shop, and they... Um, my oldest uncle had... Um, married a woman whose family was here and they realized life was better and he said mom you gotta come you gotta come but she's like but the kids what am I gonna do and um, so my grandmother had to come to the United States live here for two years to gain citizenship she left her four youngest children to be raised by siblings and they ran the coffee shop or the cigarette shop by themselves then my, my grandmother after she gained her citizenship, came back to Sicily, picked up the four children. My mom was reluctant. She didn't. She knew for two years she was going to come. She didn't learn one lick of English. She was like, I don't want to go. She had to pack her whole entire life in a trunk. And um, then they came here to St. Louis. Hmm. And they worked in the factory. In fact, Aggie's aunt, Vita, and my mom and my tia's all worked in the factory together. That's how they got to know each other. And You know, they form a community. They all came from the same place. They don't know the language, so they, you know, birds of feather flock together, so they all hung out. And um, when my mother earned enough money to go see the beach again, because in Sicily, I kid you not, if you're looking at the street right outside to Calcaterra Funeral Home, that was the Mediterranean Sea for my mom's doorstep from here. (laughs) So she hated the middle of america she was like give me omarig take me to the sea and um yeah so she had those two cousins in connecticut and they were like let's go so they went to connecticut they met my dad they fell in love they got engaged they got married in six months and she brought him here and started their life
1: he said, take me to the middle of America.
2: No, he was <laughs> reluctant, but she said, if you want me, you got to come with me. So. Oh,
1: you must have a stunner. So was there was
0: there a wedding arranged? Our no. We- okay. It was a,
2: like, well, okay. So <laughs> my mom's one of seven, my dad's one of seven. So there was four boys for her to choose from. And my aunt, Guichetina, right. my two Guichetina went to there too. So they were hoping at least one of the girls would figure it out.
0: <laughs> it was highly suggested. Right. <laughs> it was a nudge. Uh, yeah, I mean it, that was obviously very common um, during that time period. I mean, it, our when we used to bring Pete and I would bring if we bring girlfriends home to my grandpa's house, he, you know, he, Pete, he, he, I like her. But, I mean, she's not Italian.
1: <laughs> I don't know. And 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 the other one was uh, stick to the books, stay away from the women. <laughs> so, well, the the
0: uh, the You're thing really? I love about all those guys, your dad. Um, all the male figures that I can recollect in my family. Uh, Umberto, a uh, lot of, I mean, a lot of wife beaters tucked into dress shorts. Umberto for sure. With the
1: black dress <laughs> shoes.
0: Yeah, with the black dress shoes and. and
1: um, Cutting the grass.
2: Oh, my, no, no, <laughs> on my dad's side, That was, this is classic. He'd go to the beach with socks and shoes all the time. All the time, he'd wear socks and shoes yeah, to the beach. Hundred percent. Like there's, you gotta get dressed up for the beach. Uh,
1: you know, you think about, you know, I think as Italians and and maybe we just have a unique. Uh, that's that's very pompous, but a unique pride in our heritage, um,
2: to say the least.
1: And, um, and you know, visiting Italy and and we're enamored with it, but um, it's really it's really interesting to think back to people really desiring to be in the U.S. and then, you know, the sacrifice they had to make to to take that gamble and then come here, you know, they're accustomed to that lifestyle or, and that geography and all the things that were offered there, but people convincing them to come here. And then they come here and, and we're, we're proud of our U.S. Um, heritage, of course, as well. And then we're like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be here? But, uh, you know the money and whatever maybe wasn't all it's cracked up to be compared to what they left behind and of course in in the situation you just described things blossomed and worked out and and you know a beautiful family uh, was created but um, you know there's there's more to it than just coming for a better life in the u s You have to leave a lot behind too
2: you do in fact when I went to when I took my parents back after they raised us. And, put us through private school they couldn't afford to go back so unfortunately my mom I had I'd left in my 20s and um worked in the nutrition business and finally came home and unfortunately five months later my mom gets diagnosed with cancer so I was kind of a shot in the heart um but when she had a clean bill of health two years after I was like that's it we're going your whole life you've dreamed of going back and you haven't gone because of us so Mm -hmm. I'm taking you so I take her. And I meet my cousin, Andrea. I think this is maybe the third time I've met him because he's come to America. And he goes, Americans, you live to work. Us, we work to live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang it. I got to stop working start living. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's a great recognition, That's why like you
2: better do something you love. Yeah. yeah.
1: You, know. Uh, you know, some people <clears throat> use that phrase. I think of, you know, your husband, too. And some people use that phrase about... Uh, eating to live and living to eat, you know. You guys, and I, and I think the Italians, and you know, um, your husband's a great cook. And then, you know, a lot of Italians put a lot of pride in their in their cooking. It's not just uh, putting the frozen pizza in and mm-hmm. the, you know something in the microwave. So, um, th- th- it's not surprising that uh, someone from Italy uh, or Sicily gave you that reference to Americans. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When when you uh, you know when you're Parents Did come over to the United States and had to start fresh and uh, with nothing and you know they, they've had a very great life for you and um, your brothers Ricky and Carlo um, who I went to high school with as well and and those guys uh you know, I couldn't hang around those guys if there was girls around because these guys were just too too good looking of guys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right. seriously though, those two those guys. I mean, forget about it. But uh, great guys, uh, great family. But you know, when you think about uh, the traits of people that make that move and aren't scared to do it and pull the trigger and um, start with nothing and just build from scratch. Uh, the perce- you know, they have that perception. They believe in themselves right off the bat with nothing and then just get after it. And um, what a mentality to do that. What, what are some important, like, traits that your parents and grandparents instilled in you just either telling you or things that you've acknowledged that you see in your life now um, personally and professionally, whether it's, you know, Sunday dinners or when you say something to a client you follow through because your word means everything. Like, what type of things, just based on, on that transition, do you think, whether you recognize it or not, you, you know, you convey now in your personal or professional life?
2: Oh God, I mean, there's so much. Um, I think hard work is it. You know, that sticks with me. My my no, no my I I did not know. Obviously, my, my mom's dad passed away, so I didn't know him. I knew her mother. But um, my dad's side, th- even though we didn't live by them, they were in Connecticut, we, he was such a force for us. I mean, we called him the godfather. His funeral, I kid you not, there was a, a line a mile down the road just to pay respects because he really ran that little town. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome to see... All the people would, It was just like Italy. It was little Italy. They, You know, all little Italian guys would come. They'd sit on the porch. They'd just enjoy each other's company. They'd drink the coffee. They'd eat the food. I mean, it's so fun to hear the stories of, you know, the parties they threw. Even my mom, I remember her talking about, oh, my God, it came, and then they got the barn and everybody and the food. and ah, It was just... You know, it's just all about being together. But my, my dad was really like, he did not care if we went to school. He's like, what you got to go to school for? Go to work. Start making money. So, you know, I had three jobs from the second I could start working. I was a babysitter. And then once I could actually get a job job, it was, I worked in a gym. I worked in an ice cream store and then I babysat. And then I started working for the YMCA. I mean, I did whatever I could because they weren't giving me a dime. They said, you want it? Earn it. And I think that really instilled pride in me to work hard for things I want. Um, My brothers, too. I mean, we just, we were never given anything. We always had to work for it. I mean, we had a great life, don't get me wrong. A roof overhead, we always ate very well. But, um, and it's interesting, you mentioned, you know, your word is your bond. But back then, you know, you, you shake the hand, it's a deal. And, there's often times in this business I have to remember that it doesn't work that way mm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like I have to I'm like wait a second but I really mean what I say like <laughs> right. so yeah there's there's a lot no, that you really, carry into your work life for sure
1: and you know so I think some of those descriptions or some of those um uh, yeah, I guess characteristics that you described are, are stereotypes maybe of Italians in some regard. And I, I think about, like, you know, there's a lot of um, ethnicities that push back when there are stereotypes uh, made about them. I think Ita- as Italians, I mean, we we love all these stereotypes, right? I and mean, we just embrace them. Call, call us whatever. For sure. And we'll adopt it.
2: I know people would be like, "Oh, you're you're a dago." I'm like, "Yeah, I'd wop wop all right. the way home. I got a flat tire." I mean, th- we just we roll with it because. <laughs>
1: right. Tell me more. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> like I haven't heard it before, but you know it's so funny. So my husband's Hungarian. A lot of people think he's Italian because we call him Vinny, but his real name's Leventa and we met at Cafe Napoli. So he's he's had a lot of Italian culture like experience, yep. and um, he loves the food. But I meet his mother for the first time. <laughs> Here I'm thinking, I'm meeting this Hungarian woman, you know, whatever. The second she opens the door and meets me, she starts singing, Nesha de mi and I'm thinking to myself, what? I thought you're Hungarian. And then she went on and on about how Oh my God! My whole life, I wanted to have an Italian in my family, and now my my my. I'm like, wait, this is our first date. Right, first of all, right. Summer but, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was like, your your culture. She's like, we wouldn't have food, we wouldn't have music, we wouldn't have art, we wouldn't have fashion if it wasn't for you guys. I was like, you're right, dang You it.
1: Love this woman. <laughs> like,
2: wow! If you put it that way.
1: You're Thanks, welcome. mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good.
0: Uh, yeah, so Vinny, uh, Vinny, great guy. You guys met at Cafe Napoli. You both were working there at the time, right? We were. Um, okay, nice. What a place that is. Um, but you also, you guys are big into gardening as well and, and um, you know, eating from the harvest that you create. And uh, much like our ancestors here, I mean, our great-grandma here, the work ethic, I think that for, for all... Um, immigrants that have come over and and started with nothing it seems like that's um the common denominator you know they also happy about the simple things in life um you know but but having your own garden making your own bread um just making everything from scratch for sure you know that's what your day consisted of is uh creating food and um Creating food if people stop by, and they always did, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. but you always got uh, to have
2: something ready for the guests, because mm-hmm. you got to be, um, what is it, guest ready? Is that how you yeah. say it?
0: What's your— The house is always it. ready. What's your, always your and Vinny's uh, go-to yeah. Sicilian meal that you would, if you had a uh, guest over? If, yeah,
1: if you have the time and the inclination.
2: I mean— Okay, so and it can't
1: be just wine.
2: <laughs> that is my doormat. Make sure you put wine. Um, yeah, you know the the sugu sauce is always the go-to. I mean, everybody loves pasta. Um, it's easy to throw the pasta in, but the sauce that takes days. In fact, I just hosted um, a sprinkle, a shower, whatever you want to call it. I have some girlfriends um, that are having babies, getting married. I said, let's you know, come over, let's get ready, and they're like, don't cook. I'm like. What do you mean don't cook? That's like an insult to me. Well, then don't I'm like, come over. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking to myself, we don't order the food. We make the food. Um, but, you know, I went across the street to Di Gregorio's. I had to get the veal shanks. I had to get the zazitza. I had to get, you know, I had to get the goods. And
1: mm, that's one day of now.
2: shopping. And then the next day, you got to put the sauce together. And then the next day, you know, you got to let the sauce marinate. Everything's mm. got to come together and...
0: and you, got, you got to just complain about things along the way, too, throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. What are you
2: doing? Set this over there. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you throw a shoe or a, a spoon, the wooden spoon. What's wrong with you? Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> oh, I yeah. got it. That, okay, so that's a funny story. So my mother never wanted me in the kitchen. Get out of my kitchen. I tried to cook with this woman. So Vinny comes over. One of the first times he's over... And she doesn't really know him. She doesn't know about him. She doesn't know if she's going to like this guy. And <laughs> I had to go downstairs for something. It actually, okay, it's, it's a snowstorm. It's that Palm Sunday that it snowed. Like, I don't know, 10 years Within ago, the last whatever? 10 years, yeah. So I, I grab him. He comes over. We're going to make dorogota for the casada pies. Mm. Well, we're also going to have dinner. So. <laughs> So I have to go downstairs, and then she's, he's looking at her, and she's, try, she's got onions, she's got everything prepped, and she goes, what are you doing? He goes, well, I, you've got onions. He goes, what do you want them, julienned or do you want them diced? And she goes, like, yes, Julian. What is this Julian? What does that mean? She's like, you want them long or do you want them chopped? She goes, small. So he gets the knife, he starts chopping. I turn the corner, and he's got an apron on, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? My whole life i wanted to cook in the kitchen with you. You don't even know this guy, and he gets the apron? What the hell is this?
1: He's welcome anytime.
2: <laughs> and I got to tell you, you know, Vinny is a great, great cook. I, I really think people come over just because they want to eat. Um, do you blame them, though? Whatever,
1: yeah, whatever. So
2: we have our cousins from Italy. They get married. They do their honeymoon in America. They go to Vegas, but then they got to come see the family. Umberto and Sandina. Are hosting the whole family comes over. Who gets to take? Who who do they ask to make the pasta?
1: The Hungarian.
2: My Are you kidding me? I go. Are you what? Of all the people.
1: He's Italian. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's made quite the impression. Quite the impression.
2: He's he's really good at what he does. <laughs> Tony taught him well. That's or amazing. I should say Fortunato. Fortunato's in the kitchen at Napoli.
1: English only, please. <laughs>
2: That's a name.
1: Hey, <laughs> spit.
2: Oh, very good. Andiamo. Oh. I use
0: it when, I'm, when my kids are playing sports. If I need to yell, hey, andiamo, but I don't want the coach to know it's me, I just speak in Italian. So yeah. I learned those key phrases. Bravo. <laughs> he'll,
1: he'll never guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, who was that guy? Your grandpa? I mean, I, know, I recognize from uh, soccer, um, you know, just from other parents, if you say it in a, in a different language, it's all good. You can do that. You've seen it. And you you can also say things to the ref in a different language.
1: Yeah, I recently uh, was (laughs) refing a a game, and it was a lot of uh, Latin American players, and uh, they said something out of um, frustration with a call, and one of my uh, referees was a fluent Spanish-speaking person, but he didn't look the part, and uh, he immediately issued a red card to the the fire because he said that he knew what he said. Uh Uh (laughs) (laughs) He said, you're gone. Dang it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hola. I got a funny story about Vito's Vito's nephew, Vince. So Vito's got a big brother, Vince, my cousin Vinny.
0: He had a hell of a Dodge
1: Shadow back in grade school. No (laughs) kidding. Smoke (laughs) show.
2: Anyways, little Georgie goes to St. Ambrose and the teachers are like, no more. He's saying all the curse words. I'm calling George out. Sorry, Vince and Sally. Don't kill me.
0: That's hilarious. That's <laughs> the first like, thing you got to do is
1: teach him those. And then, and
2: then they're like, you can't talk like this at home. They're like, it's not him. It's my normal.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's... uh. be careful. It's usually the (laughs) uncles
0: that are instilling that in them.
1: Yeah, and know your audience, right, kid? Come on. I mean, you're at St. Ambrose. Right.
0: (laughs) Maybe Father Polizzi can make sure he passes no matter what.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, uh, all right, so let's change gears a little bit. Um, You know, you, uh, a couple years ago, you know, you had a hip replacement. I did. And, um, you know, that was... Um, can you talk a little bit about like what where you were at in your life, what your state of mind was, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I have to, I have to do this hip replacement, and almost like, you know, it, it, where your mentality was at before, and then how did you approach that because, um, you know, there's a there's a probably a time frame during that where you're like. I mean, am I ever going to be able to feel normal again, or how is this going to work, or how am I going to juggle my work and this and that? I mean, so where were you at when that took place? How long ago was that, and and where are you at now?
2: Um, I'm a year and four months out from the replacement. I didn't just have a hip. I had um, my right hip, but I also had soft tissue repair, so it's kind of an oxymoron because they want you to do all this PT to recover from the hip. But then soft tissue, all you're supposed to do is rest. So it was like, what do I do? Um, it was tough. It was a tough recovery. I mean, um, I had a long journey. Right when I moved back, I guess in 2010, you know, my mom was diagnosed and then my hips started popping. And I was like, it's no big deal. I mean, I ran marathon. I was like, I got this. I was waitressing, you know, 14-hour days, working on my feet. I just, you know, I, that mentality for my dad, you know, just work, you know, if no pain, no gain. And, um, I was, God bless my body. I was born deformed. I had really severe scoliosis and, um, they never caught the hip dysplasia because as a female, they cover your hips when they do this, the, um, uh, mm. the x-rays for the scoliosis. So they missed it. Should have diagnosed it at birth. So. I was getting undi- I was getting misdiagnosed, and it just like I said, doing everything on it and ruining it yep. to the point of tearing ligaments and tendons. So it's pretty bad, I guess the doc said. But um, you know, it was crazy because I got into real estate. Um, I had a couple friends, wink, wink, that kept telling me, "Hey, you should do this." Um, thank you, Christian. <laughs> you know,
0: uh, you must have a high pain tolerance. <laughs> High paying towns, not because of the hip. I mean, for because of real estate.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> listening to Chris all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah, continue.
2: <laughs> so no, yeah, I mean, in I um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell about it. It Just, it, you know, I I got into real estate. I had a lot of people that, you know, after my mom passed away, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. But I had a lot of people in my ear saying you should do real estate, and I thought to myself, I really do love homes. I really do like it, but gosh, I don't want to work nights and weekends anymore. And, um, I actually tried getting jobs, but I'm unhirable. I did. I, I found that, that
0: sometimes it just, there's bosses.
2: Yeah. Bosses. <laughs> yeah. You
0: don't, you don't mesh well with them. Maybe.
2: Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. Either way I get my license. I, I am ready to quit after my first deal. I mean, it, my first deal was funny. It lasted a long time. I was going to city of Kirkwood meetings. I had to meet the neighbor, get her to pay for drive, part of her driveway. I mean, the, the, the things we do, I think it's funny how a lot of people say, I don't need a realtor. And I'm like, okay, sure. I mean, I'm not here because like, I really do want to service you. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, long story short is uh, I'm bebopping in real estate and... hips just really screaming at me and business is rocking i had my best year ever and they're like okay you got to do this and i'm like how am i going to do this because i can't show property and i'm buyer heavy and i got to get out there so um it's hard it's hard to take a vacation it's hard to take a break because you know you're not just a real estate agent you're doing the marketing you're negotiating you sometimes need to, like, know about electric and plumbing and <clears throat> all the things that go with a house. And if you want to do a good job, you really need to know those things. Um, I take pride in what I do, and um, I, did, I had to ask other colleagues to help me out. I said, look, I've got nine deals, and I'm going to be under the knife. Like, I, I'm going to give three to you, I'm going to give two to you, and I'm going to give, you know, and then anybody else who, you know, wants to help me out, can you, you know, take my other buyers that are wanting to find something? And it's it's a lot of trust that you got to, you know, help each other out in this business because we're, we're by ourselves. We don't have, unless you're on a team, unless you're partnered with somebody, you um, so, yeah, and I, I thought they told me I'd be recovered in three months, and that, that's a funny joke. A month later, after my hip replacement, Vinny got his knee done. We were a hot mess. I mean, it was a long year, but you know what? It, it, it what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I just, I will say it really mentally kind of put me in a funk. And, um, I just went back to the basics. I used to always... I was real big in personal growth in my 20s. Think and Grow Rich was my jam. Um, I love Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. I just... I was like, wait a second. Anna. He's the
0: best. That's the best.
2: <sighs> I found Earl Nightingale stuff, you don't find too many people who... Who know about it. Right. But, uh- like, Learn. Get yourself out there and start. I just love the classics, you know, because I think everyone's just trying to duplicate it right now. And for me, it's like it's there. There's there, we don't need it, it's undeniable
0: all there. truths. You can't deny the truths that are, are there. That well, that's that's it. It's like whenever you get in, and we've all been there. We've all gotten those funk's, or you know, we we have a routine that. We're not doing anymore. and no, our routine is something else. That's, and you know, maybe we're, we just want to go down that path for a minute, or who knows. But, but when you consciously um, put information, either by reading or listening or watching, into your into your mind, that um, gives you a positive perspective. Then, you know, if you can do it a few days in a row, you have momentum and once you have momentum built then it's then it's much easier to continue that flywheel just keeps going all automatically sure. by itself but you got to get started with it I mean exercise goes along with that for sure I would say so thinking grow rich that was a good one for you Earl Nightingale um, unbelievable content uh, Earl Nightingale the wish fulfilled um great stuff for anybody to check out that's listening to this. Um, and, and now, you're, how, how, how long did you say since your surgery? A year and a half out? or Yeah, pretty much. And now, how's, how are things going? you feeling
2: much stronger, um, I, obviously. I actually have an old college roommate who is phenomenal, Natalie. Um, she did OT and then decided to spin off and do personal training. She worked in CrossFit gyms and then Kind of had a aha moment on. Wait a second, we're seeing a lot of the same injuries. So she dug a little deeper and she realized there's certain ways to do certain exercises. So she's really cognitive, and I really needed somebody who understand a different body. I mean, I'm severely crooked. Like <laughs> it's really I, I, a lot of people. I mean, nobody look would at ever me say
0: that though by looking at you, right? But I know I've if I had a x rays maybe different. Yeah.
2: Forty-seven percent curve on the top and thirty-two on the bottom. So, I am a backwards, I am a Z basically. Mm. Sounds like a rap song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing is like I've always had to work hard, like just even to stand up straight. It's so silly, but maybe that's just where it comes from. I don't know, but um, she's really been instrumental in my recovery, gaining strength. I had a ton of muscle atrophy, and um, it's just you. I will tell you, I used we take for granted so much, especially in America. But like, I couldn't walk, like that. When that gets taken away from you, when something so essential gets taken away from you, you just you have those aha moments, and and you just think of life like it is truly a blessing and like a gift. And you wake up every day and you're grateful. I mean, I started doing um, a gratitude journal every morning. Um, got that one from, from one of my mentors, and I think that's been huge. Um, instead of being the victim, instead of saying, woe is me, or like, dang it, like when's it going to get better? I was like, all right, today's better. We have a little bit more movement. We're getting a little more strength. You know, you just you got to pick yourself up because it's up to you at the end of the day. You know? Yeah, and and by the way, anybody who would
0: see you out and about would never ever think you had a hip replacement. Would never even think you're in any type of pain or anything like that. Which is which is amazing. It's like sometimes you don't even know you're in pain until you don't have it anymore, <laughs> and, and then you you know you find it like oh wow okay. I mean I get it. I trust me. I'm, I'm walking has been not easy the past couple years for me either. So I was like, what do I got to do? So I need to like, strengthen this. I need to strengthen that just from old ailments. Sure. And once you start taking action, you know, you do see progress and things change for you. So. Um,
2: and I think you you hit that too, you know, because we can think all day long. But the action, it's like the doing, you know. <clears throat> like so many people want to just meditate. It's like, okay, but you got to put it into action. You got to take the stuff and you got to use it
0: you hit a point Mm -hmm. and you're like okay well that that's messed up i that can't be me i need to do something immediately to to rectify that so it's kind of
1: like the people who um pack up the trunks and go overseas yeah and uh work in the factories to try to make things better right i mean they just said i gotta take action speaking of trunks um you know, there's got to be a lot of trunks lying around in this country for, for people that just pack. I have grandmas. You I have, have a grandmas. trunk. We have the trunk. I mean, shit, these trunks are everywhere.
2: <laughs> I want to get rid of it. <laughs> no, it's a reminder. No, we
1: had it remade, at, in the one at our house, and uh, it's like on display, essentially. You know? Yeah. It,
2: it, I mean, that is history.
1: It's very heavy, though. I yeah. had to get a blanket out of it today, and. Uh, I was afraid that the lid was going to fall and stamp my finger oh, no. so <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about all right so let's say we shift over into real estate i mean we're we're sitting here in um, February the middle of february twenty twenty four and you know for us, we recognize you know once you get through uh, new year's it's like okay let's see if this market what's going on here where where, where do you see? Uh, what, what are you experiencing with your clients that are either buying or selling um, at this point in the year? And what's your projection for the summer?
2: Um, I'm kind of over everyone telling us how it's going to be. You know, in 2020, we had so many, obviously the fear of everything was instilled in us because of dang COVID. And... Prices went crazy, and everyone's like, "I'm just gonna wait because they gotta come down." And they're saying they're gonna come down. I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll just keep working because they're not, and I gotta pay the bills." And it's just, I I don't like the noise. I just cancel it. I don't, you know, I'm just one that just puts my head down, goes to work. It is what it is. If you want to buy a house right now, this is the situation. And these are what the rates are. These are what the prices are. This is what you're going to have to do. Are there bidding wars? Yeah. We're still seeing a ton of bidding wars. Now, are there houses that are sitting? Yep, there sure are. So, what's going on with that house, though? Are you sure you want that house? I mean, it's a a lot of hand-holding. It's a lot of um, just coaching people on the expectations of the market today. Everyone keeps saying... Oh, in a normal market. I, I honestly think this is the new norm. I mean, it's been four years, kids. Four years, and we keep saying it's going to go back <laughs> to normal. Okay, when it does, great. But until then, this is the norm of now, so let's deal with what's at hand, and let's go to work with what we've got. Because there's always going to be somebody who's downsizing. There's always going to be somebody who's having a baby, who's getting divorced. I mean... What do they have, the 5Ds? Now there's the 70s of why real estate's always going to sell. I mean, if you want to buy a house, you're going to buy a house, right? But mm-hmm. I always tell my clients, I go, it's not a shirt. You can't return it. So you got to really like it because you're going to have to pay over. You're going to have to waive a lot of stuff and say, oh, I'm okay with the plumbing that leaks because I'm going to have to fix that even though I already paid extra for it. Mm-hmm. But that's why I want them to love the home. When they're making that choice to write a contract, because it's a big decision, so
0: big time. And and you also you know you got to work with people that are ready to pull the trigger. Otherwise, in this market, there's no sense. You got to work. I mean, yeah, you could look at houses and whatnot. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go around looking at houses, you should you should make sure you're in a position to pull the trigger. I mean, you're talking about a new norm and a, and what was regular and what was not regular. I mean, it's always something. You know, at one point it was. Uh, there. It's a, it was a foreclosure market. Right. At, at one point, it was rates were low. At one point, rates were high. You recognize nobody's ever saying I'm gonna wait for rates to be normal. <laughs> that, there is no. They were low. Right? Yeah. They were below normal. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's 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 not
1: a normal.
2: I mean, my dad bought his first house at 17. percent Like the rates right now are really low compared to that. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah,
1: you use a Visa card at twenty-two percent, but yeah. you won't buy a home at anyway. seven <laughs> percent.
2: Yeah. Well, and Bingo. you know,
0: bottom line is it's different than uh, you're buying a stock or you're buying a Treasury bond or something like that. You're you're buying shelter uh, for you and your family, and you know you're picking a place to live. So, that's, absolutely, that's the whole thing. So, for somebody, I mean, what I've noticed about you is you're very good at um, getting clients finding what they're looking for, and then executing by getting them into the house and getting an accepted contract, which is hard to do in this market. Some people um, are able to do it and some people aren't. And some people will spin their wheels all day long with people that aren't really um, serious buyers. Sure. Is there something you do to qualify uh, the prospects to make sure they are qualified buyers? I know you work with buyers and sellers. And, and you can speak to either one of those, but, you know, I mean, do you have that conversation up front? Like, hey, here's what's going to happen. You're going to miss out on five houses or don't be surprised if you write an offer on the first one I show you, cause I'm going to show you the best one first. Or if you're going to write an offer, you're going to probably be going over asking price and asking prices doesn't mean that's what the value is. Asking price is a strategic marketing technique used by listing agents. To what's going to work best to sell the house? It 100%. could be low, it could be high, it could be whatever, but don't get caught up on it. Do you want the house or not?
2: Yeah, you know, I, it's it's changed um, quite a bit since I would say 2021, maybe ish. Um, you know, then I would be like, because everyone would say, "Oh my God, you got to go ten grand over, fifty grand over." Well, depends on the price of the house. So I started using percentages. I I just went into like. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to figure 10% over list price. So a lot of times I wouldn't even show houses that were 10% below or over their pre-approval. Because Mm -hmm. what's the point? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go over. I don't want to give you a piece of candy that mommy and daddy don't want you to eat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is you don't want to disappoint. So I, I... give the expectations of what is going to happen because I honestly feel like I'm just really real with my people you know I just I, I, I do a f- initial consultation whether they're a buyer or seller I'm like this is what's going on in the market this is what you should expect I mean I had a cousin who came to me um, tried to fisbo his house and wasn't getting it done and he's like I need your help I go okay well are you going to listen to me or are you going to do what you just did and expect the same result, you know, because now you've got kind of a rotten egg and we need, you know, we need to freshen it up and we need to make people excited about it. So we got to change some things. Barely had to change, but he wanted to do all these things. I go, You don't need to do anything right now. You're so meticulous with your home. I go, I just need to price it right <laughs> and we need to market it and it'll sell. And he had five offers. I mean, yep. there's just, there's, it's not. There's so many tools for us right now. um, And I honestly think you just need to listen. You need to listen to the client. I mean, I'm constantly writing notes down during a showing like, oh, their kid likes Cheez-Its. Oh, they, you know, whatever sparks their eye. I mean, I'm always wanting to figure out what is it that makes them tick because Hmm. I want to find them the home, right? Or I want to. And if they're selling, I need to know what's most important. You know, is it money? Is it time frame? Is it, you know, ease in in the process? Because your last time you sold, it was a disaster. And do you need to move and sell on the same day? Okay, we need to, it's like a choreographed, you know, show. We've got to get movers here, close it this time. We got to figure it all out. I mean, there really is a magic behind it all. But <laughs> I will plug you guys in on this one because... Um, I will say I've, I've had a lot of lender referrals. Um, that's, a, I've had a lot of business through, um, some great, uh, friends of mine from college and I appreciate them, but pinnacle man, you guys represent, <clears throat> you guys come through all the time. Um, your rates are awesome. You, your time frame is incredible. So thank you very much. But anytime I meet a new buyer, You know, you guys are my first go-to because I feel confident that you will get the job done. Um, And I think when I write a contract, knowing you guys are my lenders, I have no question. Because we have strategy in place. We know what we need to do. Um, We communicate. And I'll say bravo to you because I had another buyer that I just got under contract this last weekend that they were going to use a different lender because it, it was a good program for those buyers. But that that Leonard answer answers phone. And we work 24 seven, you know, and I'm, I'm always like, I don't mind if you use a bank, but I'm showing you property after five and on weekends and banks are nine to five Monday through Friday. And I need to be able to communicate and hats off to you guys. Cause you always answer the phone.
0: I appreciate that. yeah, strategy is huge to get under contract. If you can have all parties involved be on the same page mm-hmm. and come up with a strong strategy to win the contract, which sometimes correlates to having the highest price, but there's many other things that can be um, utilized. Absolutely. That, that, you know, as long as you're competitive on price, there may be some other things and finding out what's important to the person selling the house. Absolutely. You know, because in, like you had told me many times, you know, Chris, it's not about what I want for, the home buyer, you gotta really figure out what they want or what the home seller wants because what you want and what they want are gonna be two separate things and if you can make that distinction, that's what makes a, a really good agent, I think. Is understanding, you know, what people are ask, actually asking for. For sure. But um, but yeah,
1: I think uh yeah, the, the only before we go, yeah, go ahead um can you just repeat one of the phrases you said earlier? Because I wrote it down right away and um, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot too much, but I wanna make how did you say take me to the sea? Oh,
2: <laughs> oh mare. Oh, I
1: just love that phrase. How do you spell that, do you know?
2: M A R E.
1: M A R E. Alright, lovely.
2: Can you? Can I was you? like, what do you? What, which one? I am Italian. I talk a mile a minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. It, it's uh, <clears throat> when you guys are at home growing up, did you speak uh, Sicilian or did you speak English or was it probably a combination of both?
2: Um, combination of both. Most mom and dad always spoke Sicilian. We speak our broken Italian, span, uh, Sicilian back. Um, when my grandmother lived with us, I was very fluent. Um, that's when I was rocking and rolling. And then I went away. And it's crazy how your memory will bring it back, though. When I went back to Sicily, I, this is funny. So Sicilian and Italian is very different. Um, and a lot of people are always trying to, like, what do you mean? But every every town has mm-hmm. their own dialect. Yeah. And just a, an example, um, he and her. I mean, something that we use so many times in sentences In Sicilian, is ido and ida, but in beautiful Italian, it's lui and lei. Mm. Completely different, right?
0: Mm. That's very complex, especially in this world about pronouns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't gonna go down that road, but you did.
1: (laughs) There's no road less traveled than
2: ours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today at Cafe Dolce on the hill.
2: Thank you, guys. This was fun. This is yes. really fun. It was awesome. It makes me want to go have some lasagna and cannolis. <laughs> oh, well, yeah,
0: I think we'll be doing that. We're here today with Anna Morello-Kozak, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, and um, just a good friend and colleague. Um, if you have any questions or want to reach out to Anna, she's easy to find um, on all social networks. Um, can you give us a proper... Sicilian eh uh, farewell
2: uh, goodbye arrivederci c'ho 'na gamba
1: voglio marita c'ho 'na valiotta gambe voglio
2: marita c'ho 'na valiotta gambe voglio male da c'ho 'na valiotta voglio marita